the podcast for St. Joseph and Elkhart counties that reads like an audio newspaper. This is SME Community Radio Newscast powered by Anchor.fm. News Nation This Hour, I'm James Sears. Afghanistan's Taliban authorities are allowing some 200 Americans and other foreign citizens to leave the country and a flight to Qatar scheduled for today, the first such departure by air since U.S. forces withdrew last month. Officials say it wasn't an evacuation flight as all the passengers hold proper foreign passports and have required visas to their destinations and have been ticketed by the airline. President Biden will deliver a big speech on COVID today. So he's going to outline the next phase in the in the fight and against the virus and what that looks like, including measures to work with the public and private sector, building on the steps that we've already announced, the steps we've taken over the last few months, requiring more vaccinations, boosting important testing measures and more. Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the president will outline several steps aimed at boosting vaccinations and stopping the spread of the Delta variant. She argued more vaccinations will help end the pandemic so Americans can resume normal life. The president has often labeled the ongoing outbreak a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The Justice Department is ready to sue Texas over its new abortion law that could happen today. The lawsuit expected to argue the ban illegally interferes with federal interests. The attorney general has vowed to protect women trying to end their pregnancy. Crews took down the Robert E. Lee statue yesterday in Virginia, and today they'll remove an 1887 time capsule inside the pedestal. It's believed to contain Confederate memorabilia and a picture of Abraham Lincoln in his coffin. It'll be replaced with a new capsule that contains items reflective of current times, including an expired vial of the Pfizer COVID vaccine and a photo of a black ballerina with her fist raised near the Lee statue. The U.S. is not changing its plans for booster shots after the World Health Organization urged a pause through the end of the year. News Nation's Tom Negevin with more. Dr. Tedros Adnum Ghebreyesus, Director General of the World Health Organization. He's made this request before, been told wealthier nations will share with poorer ones. And they have, just not as much as they said they would. So here's where we are right now. The U.S., with 53% fully vaccinated, has already given booster shots to more than 1.3 million people. And the International Olympic Committee is formally suspending North Korea from the upcoming Beijing Winter Olympics. The reason is for North Korea's failure to attend the Tokyo Games due to COVID-19. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and on the NewsNationNow app. I'm James Sears. News 8 is on demand on the go. From the All Indiana Podcast Network, this is Daybreak Drive-In with Wish TV's Scott Sander. From Wish TV, I'm Scott Sander with your Daybreak Drive-In for Thursday, September 9th. A triple homicide in Lebanon. The U.S. warns of an Al-Qaeda resurgence and the Indianapolis Indians claim another Hall of Famer. Next. When it comes to weddings, there are a million things to think about. Zola makes wedding planning easy so you can focus on the million wedding moments that really matter instead, like how it'll feel to finally see all those smiles, to have all the people you love in one place, and to get closer to the people you're closest to. Over a million couples have planned their weddings with Zola. Whatever your style and budget, Zola has everything you need in one place. From inspiration to invitations, wedding vendors, free wedding websites, registry gifts, and experiences. Get started with Save the Dates. There are hundreds of stunning designs to choose from, and you can save 50% with promo code MOMENTS. Just go to Zola.com slash moments to get started. With one less thing to think about, you can get back to the moments that matter. A million wedding moments, one place to start. Zola.
Overnight, police released new information about a grim discovery up in Lebanon. Three people dead in what police consider a triple homicide. We've learned the names Grace Bishop, Brandon Martin, and Larry Stogsdill Jr. No word yet who killed them or why. The military is honoring a Marine from Logansport and 12 other service members killed in a suicide attack in Afghanistan. Corporal Umberto Sanchez and the others were awarded posthumous Purple Hearts. Services for Sanchez are Monday and Tuesday. The Florida Panhandle is getting a soaking from Tropical Storm Mindy. Forecasters say it packed six inches of rain in some spots as it hit overnight. Wind is strong but short of catastrophic speeds. Secretary of Defense warns al-Qaeda may grow again in Afghanistan now that the American withdrawal has left the Taliban in power. Lloyd Austin says the U.S. is, though, prepared to prevent a comeback that would threaten America. The Indianapolis Indians can claim another baseball Hall of Famer, Larry Walker, who played the 1989 season here, entered the hall alongside players Derek Jeter and Ted Simmons and union leader Marvin Miller yesterday in Cooperstown, New York. They're part of the 2020 class delayed a year by the pandemic. Let's pretend for a moment that you're about to launch a campaign. It tested well. Your entire team is happy. Everything is going according to plan. Except for that one thought in the back of your head. How do I ensure the people I want to target will be in the mindset to receive my message? The answer? LinkedIn. Because when you market on LinkedIn, your message reaches people who are ready to engage with your business. And that means your advertising campaign will work as hard as it can as soon as you launch it. Over 62 million decision makers are on LinkedIn, and they're thinking about their business. It's one of many reasons more than 78% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as the most effective social media platform at helping their organization achieve specific objectives. Do business where business is done. Get a $100 advertising credit towards your first LinkedIn campaign. Visit linkedin.com advertise. linkedin.com advertise. Terms and conditions apply. Ideal weather today. Plenty of sunshine, comfortable air. Highs will only top out in the mid to upper 70s. From Wish TV, I'm Scott Sander. Be sure to like and subscribe to your daily news updates from Wish TV on the All Indiana Podcast Network. Watch News 8 Daybreak Live. Weekday mornings, 4 to 10 a.m. on Wish TV. Online at wishtv.com. And listen to more podcasts from Wish TV on the All Indiana Podcast Network at allindianapodcastnetwork.com. We talked to community leaders about the COVID-19 vaccine. There is no invincibility to COVID-19. I mean, I've had people in my church die in the hospital without their loved ones. They're at the funeral home, and we have to limit it to five to ten people in the beginning. No reflection, no community gatherings. The power to change this narrative is your choice. My hope is that people will get vaccinated. Find your vaccine at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. With SRN News, I'm Jeremy House in Washington. President Biden today will announce an updated plan to fight the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. In response to surging COVID cases and hospitalizations, the president will lay out an updated effort to increase vaccinations and stop the spread of the virus. There are six steps the president's announcing. There will be new components. White House spokesman Jen Psaki says progress has been made, but the pandemic is not over. We are still at war with the virus and with the Delta variant. She said the president's six steps will build on previous actions taken by the administration. Greg Clugston, Washington. Idaho's move to crisis standards of care this week is allowing some hospitals to ration health care. 
This comes amid an onslaught of coronavirus patients and officials and warning that the rationing could spread to hospitals statewide. Japan has extended a coronavirus state of emergency in Tokyo and 18 other areas until the end of September as healthcare systems remain under severe strain, although new infections have slowed slightly. Also on SRNews.com, Republican Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin says he doesn't believe the Biden administration's estimate of how many Americans are still in Afghanistan. I don't have the precise numbers on those, but I think the administration's um, approximation that it's in the hundreds is lowballing it, um, particularly if you, you add in LPRs, green card holders, as we should, as we should treat those as people we have a duty to get out. Gallagher made his comments on the Salem Radio Network. Fire and smoke alarms went off at the Russian segment of the International Space Station in the early hours of the day. The crew reported noticing smoke and the smell of burnt plastic. On Wall Street, the Dow futures are off 78 points. NASDAQ futures are down almost 33, while S&P futures are off 11. This is SRN News. Hurricane Ida damaged a lot of churches. Over 80 Southern Baptist houses of worship in Louisiana were hammered by the giant storm, according to Baptist Press, and other denominations were hardly exempt. St. Charles United Methodist lost one whole building to Ida. United Methodist News quotes Pastor Michelle Harris, who says, The roof blew off. The Sunday school building is a total loss. As the remnants of the storm spun out over the East Coast, more churches were damaged in other states. Michael Harrington, SRN News. A ceremony set for Friday will be a milestone in the reconstruction of the only house of worship to be destroyed on 9-11. The ceremony, held on the eve of the 20th anniversary of the attacks, will occur at St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Church and National Shrine in New York. The original parish church was crushed by falling debris from the World Trade Center. The reconstruction is due for completion next year. This is SRN News. A Hawaiian hotel gets serious about COVID. A resort in Waikiki will be the first in Hawaii to require proof of COVID-19 vaccination for all employees and guests. Starting October 15th, Alohalana Resort will require its employees, patrons, and guests to show proof that they are fully vaccinated. The requirement will also be in place for the six other Waikiki properties owned or operated by the Highgate Real Estate Investment and Hospitality Management Company. Hawaii is struggling with a surge in COVID-19 cases because of the highly contagious Delta variant. John Scott reporting. Civil Defense Forces carrying rifles and personnel wearing gas masks and red hazmat suits paraded in North Korea's capital overnight in a celebration of the nation's 73rd anniversary. That was a marked departure from past militaristic displays. The event appeared to be aimed at a domestic audience. More details at srnews.com. From the Black Information Network, this is the BIN Daily Update. I'm Vanessa Tyler. And I'm Terry McCready on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Free Purvis Payne. Payne, the black man who has been sitting on death row in Tennessee for 33 years. People who want him free say he's innocent of double murder. They say he did not kill a woman and her daughter. Payne claims he heard cries for help, which is why he went to the scene and how he got blood on his clothes. And fear is why he ran away. His lawyers say he has an intellectual 
disability, and the Supreme Court has ruled people with such disabilities should be spared. A hearing is scheduled for his mental state. In the meantime, rallies are taking place nationwide. One organizer telling Local News 24, Purvis Payne should not be put to death. An injustice has happened, and it is always the right time to correct an injustice. So we are trying to um, continue to bear witness and to uh, make it known that um, Purvis Payne should be at home, should not be on death row. A white former Georgia DA has turned herself in for the way she handled the case of the white men accused of killing black jogger Ahmaud Arbery. Jackie Johnson was booked and set free on bail for violating her oath of office. She's charged with willful obstruction of law enforcement in the Arbery case. Officials say she showed favor and prevented the initial arrest of the suspects, father and son, Greg and Travis McMichael. The McMichaels, along with their neighbor, William Bryan, are charged with chasing down and shooting Arbery, allegedly assuming he was a burglar. A Tennessee sheriff's deputy was caught on viral video screaming hate speech out of a car. He still has his job, although there is an outcry from Monroe County Deputy Billy Littleton to be fired. For now, he is suspended for 30 days without pay. The video, seemingly shot by a friend, shows him off-duty in the back seat of a car screaming the N-word out the window. It's not clear who he was yelling at or why. One of Amazon's black employees says he was unfairly suspended indefinitely after a white customer called him the N-word while he was delivering packages. Amazon driver associate Nicholas Mayron says he was delivering to the Cornelius North Carolina home of Brad Boynton, who reportedly also works for Amazon. Reports are Boynton didn't like the way the black driver parked his truck, which allegedly started the verbal racial assault. The United States should hold off on booster shots so the rest of the world can get the life-saving vaccines. That from the Director General of the World Health Organization. He said America should delay boosters until the end of the year so every country can get at least 40% of its population vaccinated. The plea comes as the U.S. is getting ready to roll out booster shots later this month. For more on these stories and international, national, state, and local news affecting the black community, listen to the Black Information Network on the iHeartRadio app or log on to BINnews.com. I'm Vanessa Tyler with Terry McCready on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Life gets hard sometimes. It doesn't matter when or where you served. If you're a veteran struggling, it only takes a moment to reach out for support. September is Suicide Prevention Month. Learn more at reach.gov slash SPM. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. So whether you want to catch the game live or watch the latest blockbuster, they've got you covered. And there's no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay is here for the card collectors. With advanced tools for price checking, improved collection management, and up to 50% faster listing with ImageScan all on the eBay app. Learn how collecting just got smarter at ebay.com slash trading hub. 
I'm Terry McCready. And I'm Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. A Maryland-based company is testing a combined COVID-19 and flu vaccine. Novavax says the study is taking place in Australia and involving more than 600 healthy adults. They'll be between 50 and 70 years old. Those taking part in the study had to meet one of two qualifications. They had to have been either fully vaccinated for at least eight weeks or had a previous positive test. Black households and families with children experienced increasing food insecurity last year. The U.S. Department of Agriculture reports there is a widening hunger gap between black and white households with more than 20 percent of black families experiencing food insecurity compared to just over 7 percent of white households. The near 15 percent gap spiked by more than 3 percent from 2019. Nearly 3 million families with children also experienced food insecurity, marking an increase from 2019. Rates of food insecurity come amid historic investments in federal safety net programs and billions of dollars in unemployment aid. The USDA suggests those initiatives help stave off a larger hunger crisis. The FBI released hate crime statistics for 2020 with data submitted by over 15,000 law enforcement agencies with information about offenses, victims, offenders, and locations of hate crimes. Law enforcement agencies submitted incident reports involving about 8,000 criminal incidents and 10,000 related offenses as being motivated by bias toward race, ethnicity, religion, or sexual orientation. A percent distribution of victims by bias type shows that over half of the victims were targeted because of the offender's race or ethnicity, and 20% were victimized because of the offender's sexual orientation bias. About 13% were targeted because of the offender's religious bias. A dreadlock along with DNA leads police to charge a man with attempted murder nearly three years after the crime. Jamarius Jones is accused of robbing an O'Reilly Auto Parts store in 2018 and shooting an employee. During their struggle, the employee managed to pull out a single dreadlock from the suspect, which was sent to the FBI for analysis. Police say the DNA analysis linked the heir to Jones. Jones is now behind bars and charged with attempted murder and aggravated robbery. A Brooklyn couple found love after age 50 and are sharing their story as an inspiration to others. 53-year-old Gina Keller and her 54-year-old fiancé Steve Brown first met when they were just children. Keller telling Essence she was six and Brown was seven when they first met growing up in the same Brooklyn neighborhood. Then they went their separate ways to different colleges and dated briefly but ultimately married other people and raised families of their own. When their respective marriages ended, they reconnected on Facebook and by 2014 were madly in love. The couple is planning to marry as soon as the pandemic is over. I'm Terry McCready along with Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. I'm Jennifer Cowell and I'm the coffee buyer for Sam's Club. The best coffee in the world is grown a mile up. When I visited Columbia for our coffee, the farmers would invite me into their homes and tell me the most amazing stories. We've made sure all of our whole bean coffee is fair trade certified. At Sam's Club, we have very high standards. Every bean needs to pass three inspections before it is roasted and put in a bag. Taste is an obsession for me. I work with independent professional tasters and we try hundreds and hundreds of cups of coffee in a day. Not everyone goes to all of this trouble, but at Sam's Club, we do it for our members. 
Because we don't give just any product the Member's Mark name, it has to be great. Our tasting scores are right up there with the fancy stuff that costs four or five times as much. I love that. I want everyone who picks up a bag of Member's Mark coffee to be like, man, this is good. And that's why I work so hard to make sure you can always expect something special at Sam's Club. Visit your local Sam's Club and enjoy incredible quality perks and prices. Some people think great seafood is a luxury. At Sam's Club, we want you to be able to have it on any old Tuesday night. I'm Dan Underkoffler, and I'm the seafood buyer for Sam's Club. Our members' Mark salmon is antibiotic-free and grown sustainably. This commitment helps protect the ecosystems for future generations, and it means healthier fish. It takes three years to grow our members' Mark salmon from egg to harvest, and we are there every step of the way. We visit Norway three to four times a year, and we only deal with farmers, not wholesalers. This efficiency keeps our prices down and our quality sky high. The reason our salmon is so high quality is because of the water. It is so cold, the salmon have to put on more fat, and more fat means more flavor. If you want something fresher, you better grab your fishing pole. So we gave it the Members Mark name because nothing is more important to our members than quality. And that's why I work so hard to make sure you can always expect something special at Sam's Club. Visit your local Sam's Club and enjoy incredible quality perks and prices. Tailor-made or one-size-fits-all. With a hybrid, you don't have to choose. That's why insurers are going hybrid with IBM. With Watson on a hybrid cloud, they can use AI to help predict client needs and get the data they need to quickly design coverage for each one. Businesses that want personalization and speed are going with a smarter hybrid cloud using the technology and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Your money on the Black Information Network. The nation's Treasury Secretary is warning of an imminent default on the national debt. Janet Yellen wrote to congressional leaders and said that the U.S. is on track to default sometime in October. She added it's unknown how long the extraordinary measures being used to avoid a default are able to last. Yellen wrote a letter to Congress last month and said a debt ceiling hike should take place on a bipartisan basis. Mortgage demand is still the lowest in two months as interest rates stall. Applications to refinance existing loans fell 3%. As the national average interest rate for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage was unchanged at 3.3%. Applications for loans to buy homes were essentially unchanged. Purchase applications are down 18% from this time last year, while refinance applications are 4% lower. And more Americans are expected to bet on NFL games when the season kicks off this Thursday. That's according to a survey from the American Gaming Association. It expects 36% more Americans to put money down on games this season. That number comes out of more than 45 million Americans. Around two dozen states and Washington, D.C. allow sports betting. Money news at 24 and 54 minutes past each hour. I'm Morgan Wood on the Black Information Network. Some people think great seafood is a luxury. At Sam's Club, we want you to be able to have it on any old Tuesday night. I'm Dan Underkoffler, and I'm the seafood buyer for Sam's Club. Our members' Mark Salmon is antibiotic-free and grown sustainably. It takes three years to grow our members' Mark Salmon, and we only deal with farmers, not wholesalers. If you want something fresher, you better grab your fishing pole. So we gave it the members' Mark name, and that's why I work so hard to make sure you can always expect something special at Sam's Club. Visit your local Sam's Club and enjoy incredible quality perks and prices. I'm Jennifer Cowell, and I'm the coffee buyer for Sam's Club. I work with independent professional tasters, and we try hundreds and hundreds of cups of coffee in a day. Not everyone goes to all of this trouble, but at Sam's Club, we do it for our members. 
Because we don't give just any product the Members Mark name, it has to be great. Our tasting scores are right up there with the fancy stuff that costs four or five times as much. And that's why I work so hard to make sure you can always expect something special at Sam's Club. Visit your local Sam's Club and enjoy incredible quality perks and prices. Did you know there are thousands of active cults in America today? Political cults, sex cults, acting class cults, terrorist cults. To name a few. But do you ever wonder, who are the individuals who get manipulated into them? I'm your host, Liz Iacuzzi. I'm Tyler Meesom. Was I in a Cult is a documentary podcast showcasing the raw, dynamic, and inspiring firsthand stories of individuals who got in. And most importantly, got out of a cult. Why are people so obsessed with cults? Maybe because it could happen to anyone. And we should know. Because it happened to us. Listen to Was I in a Cult every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download the BIN Daily Update every morning on the iHeartRadio app. Next Reality Studios, located at 1100 North Chicago Avenue in Goshen, is your hot community spot for virtual reality. 20,000 square feet of VR fun. Social and community groups can use the Innovation Center for various trainings and events. Very easy to find at the Old Bag Factory. Look them up on Facebook and call ahead to book a time slot. Walk-ins are welcome too. Detailed forecast. Today. A 20% chance of showers between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., mostly sunny, with a high near 73. Light northwest wind increasing to 10 to 15 miles per hour in the morning. Tonight. Mostly clear, with a low around 51. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour becoming calm in the evening. Friday. Sunny with a high near 76. Calm wind becoming southwest around 5 miles per hour in the afternoon. Friday night. Mostly clear, with a low around 57. South wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Saturday. Sunny, with a high near 84. Southwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Saturday night. Partly cloudy, with a low around 67. Sunday. Sunny, with a high near 86. Indiana officials are conducting a survey to better understand the unmet needs of caregivers across the state, which they say also will help more Hoosiers age at home. Darcy Tower with the Indiana Family and Social Services Administration Division of Aging says the COVID-19 pandemic has spotlighted long-standing gaps in the care system, such as national shortages of care workers and high turnover. She says caregivers have faced unique challenges and stressors from fear of exposing loved ones to the virus to dealing with effects of social isolation. Most Hoosiers, they want to age at home. And Indiana is working to give more people over age 60 on Medicaid this choice by really making long-term services and support more effective and better coordinated. Tower adds that long-term services and supports include in-home personal care, adult day centers, support for caregivers, assisted living, and nursing home care. She says they promote the health and well-being of people who need assistance with day-to-day activities because of their long-term condition, disability, or cognitive impairment. Tower says the Division of Aging has waiver services that allow Medicaid to pay caregivers. But she adds they need to expand the program to support needs that may not be financial, including education and training or respite services. So many of these folks live, you know, under the assumption that caregiving is just really something that you do for the people who are, you know, important to us. Of course, that is incredibly commendable. These are also people who need support. 
Tower hopes the survey will help Indiana better meet those needs. She says if you are a family member, friend, neighbor, or community volunteer, providing care, companionship, transportation, or financial or medical help to somebody 55 or older without the expectation of pay, her agency wants to hear from you, either at 800-258-7691 or at survey.indiana.edu slash caregiver slash volunteer. This is Lily Bolke with Indiana News Service. Find our eight trust indicators for transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. From the Daily Yonder and Public News Service, this is the news from rural America. It's an internet joke, but the creator of some viral videos says what's funny is that people would believe them. In fact, the USDA is not paying lawnmower-wielding farmers to destroy their crops as part of a villainous plot to create a global food shortage. Psychology professor Lisa Fazio at Vanderbilt University says everybody is vulnerable to disinformation at some point. It's easy to think that I'm above all this, and it's just like my dumb cousin who falls for misinformation, and I would never do something like that, and that's just not how it works. It's no joke. Eight out of ten rural counties that depend on farming lost population in the last decade, according to census numbers. Counties with recreation economies are a huge driver of population, increasing nearly 60% over the same time period. But there are other bright spots. A new partnership in central Indiana focuses on building pipelines to the executive suite for women and ethnic minorities at business schools in the region. Dr. Leon Jackson founded the Diversity in Leadership program at Marion University. So often, you know, I would see friends and family make statements about how they're moving to Atlanta or Texas or North Carolina because there are no opportunities here for really talented people. This program is designed to help curb what they call the brain drain here locally. Jackson cites research that shows companies with more diverse executive teams typically make more money. For low-income rural communities hit hard by natural disasters or industrial pollution, Working Film's Rural Cinema Program hopes to illustrate the reality of environmental justice. When you're dealing with rural areas, people respect nature. Most definitely using films is a very new and exciting way to engage a community. That's Marsha Gossier in Fort Valley, Georgia, with a partnership for Southern Equity. They kicked off this year's season with the documentary Cooked about the 1975 heat wave that killed hundreds of low-income black Chicagoans. There are 20 documentaries in the series. This fall, local organizations are hosting the movies in Missouri, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Utah, and Montana. Mila Bighair, a visual artist herself of the center pole, is eager to show films like Paper Tigers and Warrior Women. From her Crow Indian Reservation in Montana, she organizes food deliveries to neighbors on the northern Cheyenne Reservation, whose nearest grocery store is two hours away. When I talk about tradition, I talk about environmental justice, I talk about food sovereignty. I put all of those linked together into one big package that was always there for us. For the Yonder Report and Public News Service, I'm Ross Brown. For more rural stories, visit dailyyonder.com. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. 
each year. AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at amvets.org. The Public News Service Daily Newscast, September the 9th, 2021. I'm Mike Clifford. Some lawmakers in Ohio trying to pass legislation now that will help police officers better manage their emotions when interacting with the public. The call for increased training comes after the death of George Floyd sparked nationwide protests last summer against police brutality. Representative Catherine Ingram of Cincinnati introduced House Bill 362, which she says would create multi-step emotional intelligence training for officers. They're out in the field every day, but they're people just like the rest of us. They have hardships and they have issues and family lives and all those other things they need to deal with. Sydney Police Chief William Bolling notes that as law enforcement's tasked with doing more with less, it's becoming difficult to attract and retain officers. The pressures, the stress, the dangers that they're under, it's getting harder to get people in. You're stressing the current officer and the staff to the point that it's a rubber band almost ready to break. Research suggests drop stress can result in serious health complications for police officers. Mary Sherman reporting. This story was produced with original reporting from Troy Pearson, Kent State, Ohio News Connection. And next week, Nebraska lawmakers will hold three public hearings on how new voter maps should be drawn for the state's 49 districts. Good government groups are urging state senators to protect the voting rights of all Nebraskans and to be transparent about how data from the 2020 census is driving their decisions. Sam Petto with the ACLU of Nebraska encourages voters to make their voices heard because what might sound like a wonkish process will impact people's lives for the next decade. The drawing of these lines is going to determine not only just who runs for public office, but also how financial resources are allocated funding for our schools, hospitals, infrastructure, roads and bridges. Hearings are set for Grand Island on Tuesday at the Central Community College, at the State Capitol Building in Lincoln on Wednesday, and at Omaha's Scott Conference Center on Thursday, September 16th. I'm Eric Galatis. Heading across the globe now, the Taliban in Afghanistan have named a new interim government led by hardliners as the group pledges to implement a strict Islamic rule over the country of roughly 40 million. That from CNBC. They report that the new cabinet contains no women, no positions for opposition members, or ethnic or religious minorities. Montanans are delivering a message to Democratic Senator John Tester's offices across the state today support bold investment in the country's future. Caitlin Persersha with the Montana chapter of the Sierra Club says lawmakers now have a chance to pass an ambitious budget reconciliation bill more than three times the size of the infrastructure package. We have an opportunity to pass something with priorities that could be truly transformational for Montana and for the rest of the country. This is PNS. Indiana officials are conducting a survey to better understand the unmet needs of caregivers across the state, which they say also will help more Hoosiers age at home. Darcy Tower with the Indiana Family and Social Services Administration Division of Aging says the COVID-19 pandemic has spotlighted long-standing gaps in the care system, such as national shortages of care workers and high turnover. 
She says caregivers have faced unique challenges and stressors from fear of exposing loved ones to the virus to dealing with effects of social isolation. Most Hoosiers, they want to age at home. And Indiana is working to give more people over age 60 on Medicaid this choice by really making long-term services and supports more effective and better coordinated. Tower adds that long-term services and supports include in-home personal care, adult day centers, support for caregivers, assisted living, and nursing home care. I'm Lily Wolke reporting. And the public has an opportunity to weigh in on a large wind energy project proposed for Idaho. More on that from Eric Tigadoff. The Lava Ridge Wind Energy Project would be located about 25 miles northeast of Twin Falls and generate 1,000 megawatts of energy. Ben Otto with the Idaho Conservation League says that would more than double the amount of wind energy currently generated in the state. But he says the project could have local impacts. One concern is for nearby national parks, including Craters of the Moon and the Minidoka National Historic Site, the location of a World War II internment camp for Japanese Americans. This project would be visible from both of those locations. And in fact, the Minidoka internment camp would be basically surrounded by this project. The Idaho Conservation League also is concerned about the project's impact on wildlife, such as birds of prey. Finally, Emily Scott tells us with the 20th anniversary of the September 11 attacks, a Catholic LGBTQ organization is launching a campaign advocating for the sainthood of Father McCall Judge, the New York City Fire Department chaplain who died inside the World Trade Center while praying for the victims. Francis DiBernardo of New Ways Ministry, which is behind the campaign, first heard about Judge in the aftermath of 9-11, when his story spread throughout the country. DiBernardo says through Judge's work supporting HIV-AIDS ministries, Alcoholics Anonymous, and as a member of the LGBTQ community, he provided support to many. He would really be a saint not only for firefighters, not only for recovering alcoholics, not only for the LGBTQ community, but he'd be a saint for 9-11. In 2017, Pope Francis announced new pathways to sainthood for people who have sacrificed their lives for others. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported, heard on great radio stations, and find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. Welcome to 2021 Talks, where we're following our democracy in historic times. We're all working together to get the the virus under control, to return to our normal lives. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says President Joe Biden will announce six new steps in the COVID response today. Some of that will be related to access to testing. Some will be related to mandates. Some will be related to how we ensure kids are protected in schools. New cases are approaching 150,000 per day. And ICUs are at more than 90 percent capacity in seven states. Republican Congressman Greg Murphy, who is also a doctor, visited a hospital in his North Carolina district where he says 90 percent of COVID patients on breathing tubes are unvaccinated. The sicker people oftentimes have those comorbidities, the obesity, the diabetes mellitus, the kidney disease. However, it can occur in 25-year-olds who are stone-cold healthy. Meanwhile, Republicans Marjorie Taylor Greene and Chip Roy have been fined for not wearing masks on the House floor. Some conservative members of Congress resist mandatory COVID-19 prevention measures. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warns the U.S. will run out of cash in October unless Congress raises the debt limit. 
Senate Republicans, including John Thune of South Dakota, aren't interested. I don't think there's a single Republican senator who views increasing the debt limit so that Democrats can expand government and spend massive amounts of money as something that they, in the end, would want to support. Democrats plan to pursue a bipartisan vote to waive the debt limit. A progressive group launched a $1.5 million campaign to build support to expand the U.S. Supreme Court from nine seats to 13. Calls for a more balanced court have grown, especially after Senate Republicans rushed to fill Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat just weeks before the 2020 election. Democrats were outraged then, and also after Senate Republicans denied a Supreme Court seat to President Barack Obama's nominee in 2016, current Attorney General Merrick Garland. Election workers who face intimidation have a new outlet for assistance. The Election Official Legal Defense Network will provide free legal aid to officials from any jurisdiction. In Harris County, Texas, Chief Deputy Clerk Michael Wynn says he witnessed several attempts to cause conflict at the polls in November. In the quest for transparency, there were those who saw an opportunity to create falsehoods that tried to undermine the elections process in Harris County. Nearly one in three local election officials surveyed said they feel unsafe in their jobs. Vice President Kamala Harris stumped in California for Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom, who is facing a recall election next week. Harris says there's more at stake than just the future of the Golden State. What's happening around our country with these policies that are about attacking women's rights, reproductive rights, voting rights, workers' rights. They think if they can win in California, they can do this anywhere. Opponents attacked Newsom's response to the pandemic, extreme weather, and the state's homelessness and housing crisis. I'm Mary Sherman for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy online at publicnewsservice.org. Hi, I'm Joel of Heart City Church. I'm happy you've joined us, and I want to return to what we considered yesterday. In James 4, verse 10, James says, Humble yourself before the Lord, and He will exalt you. James then adds immediately after, Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Now James just talked about in verse 10, about us humbling ourselves before God and he will raise us up. And at first, it seems he changes subjects here, saying, hey, don't speak evil against others. James, what's the connection? I think the apostle would say, Joel, you have a tendency to try to raise yourself up on your own instead of letting God do the raising. And I might say to James, well, how would I know I'm doing this? And I see right here in bold, speaking evil words about others. And James is right. The moment I put someone down, I am entering into the mode of exaltation, self-exaltation. When I say, hey, did you hear about so-and-so, how she puts all the restaurant sugar packets in her purse when she eats out? Did you notice the new car she's driving? (laughs) Cost a pretty penny, I bet. Yeah, probably from all that money she saves swiping sugar. I bet she never tips either. Friend, what am I really doing when I do that? Well, first I'm implying that I am better than her because I would never. I'm also placing myself in the position of being judge over that person. I am self-exalting. Now James' concern here is slander, slander. There are some matters that ought to be reported to the proper parties. James understands that. 
His concern is slander, when you defame, belittle, or seek to shame a person when it is unnecessary and always far less true than you're making it out to be. When your whole goal is to cause your hearer to see another person in a negative light, you are slandering. James has much to say about our words. Back in chapter 1, verse 19, he said, Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Go back to James 3 and read how our tongue is a world of unrighteousness. I mean, think about that description. In between our chompers, we have a whole planet of evil. That is a pretty serious thing. So if you're doing it, slandering others, cut it out. It is not only harming your neighbor, but your wagging tongue actually destroys you. Proverbs 18:7, A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. And verse 8 adds, The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. So we can add that if you're the hearer, eating up the dirt about your neighbors like chocolates, you're actually poisoning your very soul. And mark my words, the person speaking slander will eventually do it to you as well. Since a slander is all about their own self-exaltation, no one is exempt. By eating it up, you're actually encouraging a world of evil which will eventually launch an attack on your person. So, Joel, what should you do when someone says, hey, did you hear about so-and-so and how they did such-and-such? -such? Well, you might say, no, I didn't. Let's go over there and talk to them and see if there's a reason they had to do that. Maybe we can help them so this won't happen again. I suspect their reaction may well tell you whether it is good and true. And the whole truth is another point that James is getting at. When you decide to slander someone without knowing all the facts, and that includes their motives, you are actually forgetting your place. You are to be a law doer, focused on your own obedience before God. God, the lawgiver, who knows all the facts and motives, he is the one we are to leave judgment to. Because James adds, who are you to judge your neighbor? The Bible teaches that none are righteous, not one. The good news is that God doesn't judge bad people who turn to Jesus. That is our only hope because even after we become believers, we still mess up a lot, don't we? And despite our continued failings, God never says, Oh, Joel, you've gone too far now. No, he doesn't. Listen to this helpful quote of Derek Prime. He writes, The knowledge of our failings make us more and more hesitant about expressing any form of criticism to others. The man who knows himself learns an increasing silence before others' faults. When we slander others, we don't actually know ourselves as sinners saved by grace. So cut out the slander, my friend. And if James hasn't gotten your attention here, listen to his half-brother, our Lord Jesus, who says in Matthew 12:36, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to. Today's episode is sponsored by Comcast. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Thursday, September 9th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's what we're watching today. Disappointing job numbers with some glimmers of hope. 
plus actor Simo Liu on turning a movie into a movement. But first, today's one big thing, Afghanistan's new government. The Taliban yesterday announced the first members of a new temporary Afghan government. And as Axios' national security reporter Zach Basu writes, the interim cabinet is made of a mostly old guard Taliban officials. Hey, Zach. I know. What do we need to know about this new government? So, yeah, the Taliban announced the formation of this all-male cabinet, mostly dominated by ethnic Pashtuns and high-level Taliban loyalists, members of the old guard who, who served in the first Taliban government in the 1990s. Just one key figure, Siraj Haqqani, who is wanted by the FBI and actually has a $10 million bounty on his head, has been named the Interior Minister, which would uh, essentially be the equivalent of the Justice Department or the Department of Homeland Security um, in the U.S. He leads the Haqqani Network, which has been designated as a terrorist organization by the U.S. and and maintains close ties to al-Qaeda. So, Zach, what has been American and other world leaders' reactions to this? So no countries have, have recognized the Taliban, uh, but several have had diplomatic engagement with them. Russia, China, Qatar, Iran, Turkey, and Pakistan have, have kept their embassies in Kabul open. And I think we can expect a handful of those countries uh, to ultimately recognize the regime. And one point I'd like to make is that nobody's in a hurry to recognize the Taliban. I think most world leaders, especially Western ones, are more concerned right now about getting humanitarian aid to Afghanistan and preventing a humanitarian crisis. But in terms of international recognition, it's really a waiting game to see what the permanent Taliban government looks like. And the State Department has said that the Taliban's legitimacy is something that will have to be earned over time and very much dependent on their actions and not just their words. To that point of inspiring confidence, we also saw protests in Afghanistan this week, especially by women. How has the Taliban reacted? And what is, is that inspiring any confidence here? Yeah, I mean, the Taliban have responded in quite brutal fashion to, to these sporadic protests we've seen around the country, including by beating journalists and, and some of the women who are leading the demonstrations. There was some pretty grim footage circulating yesterday of, of Taliban fighters beating female activists with, with whips, which sort of gives an indication of how their new government is likely to respond to dissent. And a Taliban spokesperson said at a press conference that all protests have to be cleared by the Ministry of Justice. So already we're getting signs that this is not going to be a very tolerant regime. Zach Basu is a national security reporter for Axios. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, Nyla. In 15 seconds, the Delta variant's dent on the job market. Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach 50 million low-income Americans with the tools and resources they need to succeed in a digital world. Learn more at comcast.com education. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. We're getting a bunch of data out about the American workforce, and it's pretty clear that the Delta variant is having an impact on the labor market. One report out yesterday shows there's a growing number of people who are staying out of the workforce because they're worried about COVID. And the August jobs report numbers from Friday were also pretty disappointing. While economists predicted 750,000 new jobs would be created in August, just about 235,000 were created. Axios' business editor, Kate Marino, joins us now to take us behind these numbers. Hi, Kate. Hi, thank you. 
Kate, how do you make sense of these numbers? Are there signs of a recovery? Friday's numbers were pretty disappointing, right? Yes, the jobs report was a pretty big letdown for everyone who's watching the economic recovery, you know, from the lockdowns and the recession last year. Buried beneath the big headline disappointment, there are a couple bits of data that point to, you know, a slow but continuing momentum. Both the June and July jobs numbers were actually revised up. So that added a total of 134,000 in additional jobs created to the June and July numbers. And then overall unemployment also declined to 5.2% from 5.4%. And underemployment actually dropped to 8.8% from 9.2%. What disparities came into sharper relief in Friday's jobs report? Well, for one thing, the gap between unemployment for Black people and white people unfortunately widened in August. So unemployment for white people went from 4.8% in July to 4.5% in August. So that went down. And then the Black unemployment rate went from 8.2% up to 8.8%. Thanks for giving us kind of a sense of what the summer has looked like with the jobs report. What are you looking for in the next one? Well, the next jobs report is going to potentially show the impact of school being back in session and whether or not that enables more working parents to rejoin the workforce. And then the second thing is if there's any impact on the final roll off of all of the extra unemployment insurance benefits, which are basically coming to to an end at the beginning of September here. Kate Marino is an Axios Business Editor. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. Last week, when Axios' Hope King kindly sat in for me while I was on vacation, she shared her thoughts about the new Marvel movie, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It's the first in the Marvel Universe with an Asian lead. Well, the movie has since shattered box office expectations. And yesterday, Hope spoke with the movie star, Simu Liu, about the massive hit and what it means. And she's here to share that with us. Hey, Hope. Hi, Nyla. Let's start with how big a financial success has this movie been when we in the past have talked about the film industry struggling during the pandemic. Right. Well, with the rise of COVID through the Delta variant, there were concerns that the turnout over the first couple of days of this movie would not be strong. And the movie absolutely shattered expectations, collecting $94.4 million in its first four days of the release over the Labor Day weekend. And that is a high, a new high for the holiday weekend. You shared how much anxiety you had ahead of the release as someone who is of Chinese-American heritage. What did Simu have to say about that? He absolutely wants this to be just one chapter in a much bigger movement. And here's what he said to me during the interview. I think I worry that that this is, a, you know, a flash in the, in the pan, that, that this is just a single moment that will that will disappear in time and, and not a part of a greater movement like I hoped. I would just hope that the momentum keep going. I would hope that more minority voices are uplifted and I hope that more communities are able to see their superheroes. And to that point, now we've had not just Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. We're talking about the success of the Black Panther. How much does this create a business case for Hollywood to create more diverse movies? 
You're right, Nyla. These movie studios want to make sure that an investment, big budget investment, pays off. And a box office opening like this may prove to them there is enough of an audience, especially when you consider that, according to Disney, about 17% of the filmgoers this opening weekend were Asian, which means that largely this movie has transcended beyond just the origins, the Asian heritage and the Asian origins of the story. And if you look at Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians, they were released in 2018, which was pre-pandemic. And they also proved that there were audiences willing to go to the theaters and pay the money to see it. That's something that Simu spoke to as well. Hope the movie actually hasn't been released yet in China. Do we know if it will be? So China has not yet approved the film for release, and many speculate it's due to the origins of the storyline itself, which dates back to the 70s and 80s when people from East Asia were seen and painted as culturally inferior or a threat to Western civilization. Hope King is a business reporter for Axios. We're going to post the entire interview she did with Simu Liu on our show page, so be sure to check that out. Thanks, Hope. Thank you, Nyla. That's it for us today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Comcast has built a broadband network with one simple purpose, to keep customers connected. In the last 10 years, they have invested $30 billion to keep America's largest gig speed broadband network fast, secure, and reliable. And they work around the clock to build a better network every single day. Learn more at Comcast.com network. Profile America, Thursday, September 9th. One of our favorite foods is being celebrated. It's National Chicken Month, nicely complementing September's Mushroom Month and Rice Month. The versatility of chicken, served in numerous ways ranging from southern fried style to sandwiches to salads, drives a demand that has reached around 44 million pounds a year nationwide. This nearly doubles the broiler production of 1993. Americans eat around 97 pounds of chicken per capita annually, or about 77% of the combined consumption of red meat, pork, and turkey. Georgia is the top producer, followed by Arkansas and Alabama. The result is certainly not chicken feed, but a $64.9 billion a year industry involving some 520 poultry processing establishments. You can find more facts about America from the U.S. Census Bureau online at census.gov. This concludes our podcast for today. Stick with us Monday through Friday and download it here through anchor.fm and the Anchor podcast free of charge through your Google Play Store. On behalf of us at SME, have a good one.